So the content is completely different and uh, the page, like we can't translate the same page and just leave it like that. Uh, we have to have like completely different layout and so on. So it, it's quite a challenging in those cases because yeah, you have to think of the ways to restructure your site. We all strive for more nowadays, more traffic, more revenue, more growth. In this never ending battle for more, it's easy to forget what's important. So what is important? Building real relationships with real humans and trying to be better each day without caring quite so much about getting more. After all, by building real and meaningful relationships, you'll have way more than you ever need. The SaaS SEO Show is a platform for meaningful connections and honest conversations with people who are real, hardworking practitioners and high performers in the SaaS industry. We're here to learn and get inspired by them, and we hope you do too. Now, here's your host, George Cassiotis. Before we jump into today's episode, I'd like to give a quick shout out to the sponsor for this episode, Ahrefs. Ahrefs provides you with an all-in-one SEO toolset that does everything from rank tracking to backlink analysis, keyword research, and technical audits. The best part, you can now use Ahrefs Webmaster Tools for free to identify and prioritize optimization opportunities for your website, see all the keywords that your web pages are ranking for, take a close look at the websites that link back to and refer you in their content, and analyze other websites to find out what drives their rankings. Visit ahrefs.com awt and sign up for free. And now, back to today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the SASSSEO Show. I'm your host, George Cassiotis, and today I'm very excited to be, to be joined by Laura Paskuskaita. I hope I got this right, uh, who is a seasoned professional with over a decade of experience in the tech industry. She has a proven track record of maintaining constant revenue and traffic growth for the organic channel for the companies that she has worked with. She's the head of SEO at Surfshark, an online VPN and online security SaaS. Leading a team of 13 SEO specialists, Lara brings her exceptional leadership skills to drive collective success and foster a culture of excellence. With a remarkable ability to oversee the performance of SEO campaigns in 14 different languages, something that we will discuss during this episode, she demonstrates her proficiency in managing diverse and international projects. Laura, welcome to the podcast. Uh, hello, yeah. Thank you. That's a very nice and uh, like detailed introduction. Appreciate it. It was a detailed one. That's right. So uh, let's get started. And even though I said, you know, quite a few things about about you and what you do, I would like to um, uh, share with everything uh, for listening to this episode. A few things about your background and specifically, um, like you have an extensive experience when it comes to tech companies, but if we could share a few more details and, uh, you know, some things that were defining, let's say in your journey, um, and led you to where you are today, that would be a great way to, to start this episode. Thanks. So yeah, as you mentioned, I'm working in uh, SEO for quite a long time and, uh, all of my background comes from tech companies. So I've started uh, in 3D models marketplace company. Uh, so 
Um, and yeah, and I started as an intern, like fun fact, I've started as the link building intern. And like my first task was just to uh, review a very long list of uh, websites and find the email and first name of these websites. And I, I was just going through, I don't know, thousands or even more sites just to find their contacts. Uh, so yeah, that's where I start. And uh, later on, I learned more about like offsite SEO, how to do the outreach. Uh, later on, I moved on about like moved to the onsite part, uh, learn how to like write and create SEO content, how to optimize it. And yeah, I've moved uh, several positions in SEO. And yeah, at the moment I'm working at Surfshark, as you mentioned, I have a very big team of SEO specialists that I'm proud of and uh, yeah, seems like things going well. And yeah, uh, I don't want to brag too much. Like you did a very nice introduction. So yeah, you can brag yeah. as much as you want to. Um, for people who have never heard of or um, never used Surfshark or any similar solutions, can you please share a few things about uh, what Surfshark is and what uh, you folks do? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, Surfshark is a cybersecurity company. So we have uh, several products uh, under our bundle. So we have VPN, antivirus, we have uh, mm, alert that is like a tool to monitor if your uh, data has been breached. Uh, and uh, we have some other like smaller security products. So basically the majority of our users are the ones who are caring about their privacy, their security online, and uh, they want to stay secure. Okay. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not an advocate of online security or anything like that. I know, I know like very little things, uh, not so many things actually regarding that, but, and I wasn't a VPN user until recently, right? Um, until a few months ago, I realized that, you know what? Like it doesn't make sense. I'm moving a lot, uh, and I join the um, like the internet through like airports or like uh, Airbnbs or hotel hotels and so on and so forth. So uh, I should add a, a layer of security when it comes to my yeah. online activities. This is when I started using a VPN, and uh, I feel more um, secure now. And I think that with the expansion of internet and all these like online activities, I think that online security will be a, a, an issue that uh, kind of affects us all and kind of um, that we have to take a, a bit more seriously, let's say. Um, okay, around, around online security is over. Uh, we can move forward with, you know, the, the interesting conversation I have uh, prepared um, and we have for all people who are listening to this episode. Now, Surfsark entered the game um, a bit late. Uh, it, it was launched in 2018, correct me if I'm wrong. And I guess my first question would be, how did you approach SEO uh, for a new brand in such a competitive category? And what were, I'm not sure if you joined like early on, but when you joined, what were some of the strategies you, you implemented um, back, you know, back then? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, uh, Surfshark joined a very competitive market quite late, and we already had a lot of like very strong brands uh, being in the industry for ten or even like more years. 
so it was quite difficult for the new brand, for a brand new website to compete with them. So yeah, several things we done at that moment. So first thing, probably the most important was like a very deep analysis of uh, uh, competitive uh, niche and uh, some keywords that you could take. Like we were yeah. uh, working a lot to pick the ones that are not that competitive, but could bring us some value as well. By saying value, I mean either traffic or even some conversions, uh, transactions. So yeah, so we pick those uh, smaller ones, uh, but I think it works very well. Uh, uh, the second thing we did, uh, and one of my advice I would uh, give for all our uh, uh, pick the ones, pick your branded keywords and make sure you rank first, at least for all of your branded uh, phrases. For example, Surfshark price, what is Surfshark, Surfshark versus competitor, and so on. So uh, it's quite easy to rank for these because like it's your brand mentioned. Uh, the volume is not that high, but it's growing as a company is growing. And you just have to secure those spots because in the beginning we had some affiliate sites ranking for Surfshark pricing uh, keyword. And obviously we were uh, making a lot of transactions out of these, uh, out of this keyword, even though it's not uh, that popular. So yeah, so my first advice would be to secure all your uh, branded ones and also think about your competitors and just compare yourself with competitors, uh, like Surfshark versus like VPN X, VPN Y and so on. Um, because uh, these phrases usually has transactional intent, so they convert quite well. And, uh, and, and yeah, something here, a very quick question, sorry, but it's connected to that. Uh, would you yeah. also suggest that people go after Surfshark alternatives? As part of this strategy yeah yeah i think that's a way to do it as well uh we actually considering uh this topic at the moment uh we don't have such a content yet but i think we will do it uh because yeah it's uh when you are writing about social intel alternatives like the primary intent is to uh find your like competitors but in the end, uh, when you are comparing yourself with your competitors, and if you are better and you believe that you are better, you probably can convince users to, uh, after it reads the article, to like change their mind. So probably it makes sense to take even this one, uh, like that's, this kind of. That's the thing, and it's one of the things that we suggest to our clients in most cases, at least uh, as well. And two things I I can add here. Um, the first would be that, first of all, let's take a step back and explain that when people are searching for something like surf sark alternatives, it's I would bucket them into two categories. The first is that these are actual uh, current customers and users, so they are looking for another solution, right? And they have reached a switching moment. Um, and the second, they have. Uh, be commercially investigating this category of like VPNs or whatever, and they have identified this solution as one of the most prominent solutions in the market. But for some reason, they are still not convinced that this is the best solution for them. And thus, they are looking for similar to this solution um, solutions. Okay. And um, 
Thus, I would recommend that, yes, you can definitely suggest like some uh, alternatives to Surfshark, but also keep in mind that first category of people who, for whatever reason, are trying to cancel. In which case, you can kind of lead people to one of the two paths. Are you looking to cancel? Because if yes, we would love you to talk to our customer support. Or are you looking for alternatives because you are not an, a customer yet? Here are some of the most prominent like uh, players in the in the in the in this category. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good catch. Yeah, usually it helps for the retention as well. All these like branded phrases you're ranking for. A lot of the cases, it's for your retention rate um, to keep your customers. Uh, to make that's right. And so on. Yeah, that's right. Anything else besides uh, going after branded keywords and making sure that no one is, quote unquote, stealing your traffic in these uh, early days? Um, yeah, like we did a lot of things, uh, and some of them we do like until now. So yeah, uh, of course we invested a lot in building links, like increasing our domain authority. Like we started with a new website, so yeah, obviously. Uh, but yeah, those I think are probably common sense uh, uh, things to do. Um, yeah, I'm thinking. Oh yeah, talking about the market. So yeah, we started with English one in the beginning only. Uh, so yeah, so in the beginning we just focused on English speaking countries, uh, just to take some uh, some space on Serbs there. And once we were like established enough, we moved to like localization and uh, uh, focusing on some our markets in different languages. We we will talk about that because that's something I'm very interested in. For now, can we please discuss something that I you know uh, kind of we we got from you as like a piece of information before we um, like book the call for this for this episode, which is. The fact that as part of your strategies, you try to drive not just traffic, but traffic that translates translates into revenue, right? Actual business outcomes. Can you please speak about that? I mean, how how do you how do you do that, and how is this approach different than the traditional SEO approach, which is let's just drive traffic, you know, uh, and call it a day? Yeah. So yeah, I think it's quite interesting because as you said, some of the companies and some of the SEOs, uh, we are just responsible for bringing traffic. Uh, and yeah, at some point of our like journey, we uh, understood that it's quite easy to get traffic once you reach like a certain level of domain authority. Uh, for example, for some free intent phrases, uh, for some like uh, not that competitive phrases that has a lot of volume, but this traffic is like uh, doing nothing on your side. Like it just comes and leaves. Uh, so yeah, there is no point of like having a goal to get more traffic if that traffic is not relevant for us. Uh, so naturally, uh, uh, we have uh, revenue billings. Uh, from organic channel as our, our primary goal. And it's like each of the channel has like a certain level of uh, revenue we have to achieve. And uh, this is our like primary goal. And uh, once you have that goal in mind, you just think about the other initiatives that would help you to 
uh, improve uh, revenue, not traffic. And uh, in that way, you like move your SEO strategy from a one oriented to traffic to billings, meaning that you focus more on uh, many pages, on transactional, commercial intent phrases, keywords. Uh, we always look for those. It might be even like very low volume phrases, but uh, the ones that has a potential to convert. For example, we just realized that uh, uh, some very long tail key keywords, for example, how to know if my ISP is tracking me. It's like a very long tail phrase, uh, but it converts very well. Like it brings like uh, 20, 30 transactions every month from that low volume, but like high conversion, high potential to convert phrase. So we always focus when we do our keyword research, when we uh, analyzing which kind of uh, pages to update, we always uh, take that into consideration if that page will convert, if it has potential to uh, bring billings. So, can yeah. I, can uh, I ask a question though here? I mean, I guess after a while, you know, through experience that these keyword types or types of queries or however you want to call them, they tend to convert pretty well. But in the beginning, let's say that someone is like in the first stages of this journey how can we how can you know i mean can you or would you suggest for example testing terms through a paid search first and then say that we have something here let's create a page for it or is it a different approach you just like get the page out there to see what it can bring in organically mm -hmm. yeah there are like several ways to do that uh, like, yeah, one way you mentioned is like going through, checking it out through a PPC campaigns and just see if that uh, brings any conversions. Uh, but our way is just to uh, try to understand like what's behind that phrase. Uh, some so some of the phrases are like naturally uh, the ones that are, uh, that has like a higher potential to convert. For example, like VPN download, VPN free trial, buy VPN, and so on. So it both like naturally uh, tells you that it might convert. And usually those are like the most competitive ones as well. So basically you check the competition. If you see that uh, like the uh, competitors are building a lot of links to these pages, probably we are working and we have a reason to do that. So uh, yeah, but in the very early stage when you don't have like uh, so many backlinks, uh, you start from those like smaller ones and those might be more challenging to find. Like the one I mentioned before, like how do ISP know, uh, how do ISP know uh, it's tracking me and so on. Um, but yeah, usually those uh, happens by accident. You just try to cover the ones who might convert and later on you just write those, you rank, and then you understand that you have uh, some phrases that are like decent enough. Speaking of phrases, can I ask you something? Um, I saw that some of the topics you cover on your blog are like very specific, right? For example, you have a, a topic on uh, the, like the keyword is, as I understand it, uh, is the government watching me? Okay, which is, I don't know, it's very specific and also kind of scary, but whatever. Um, but as I see it, this requires a very deep knowledge of 
the target audience, what they think, what they search for online, and so on and so forth. Now, assuming that in the example I mentioned, some of the people who read this piece turn into customers, how do you get these insights? Because this is not as simple as, you know, just open uh, your SEO software, uh, add some modifiers, add some seed terms, play with the filters a bit. That's it. We have keyword research ready, right? This is a bit different. And I would like to know how you you retrieve this kind of information. Is it through like conducting customer interviews, customer surveys, competition analysis. I, I would like to hear your thoughts regarding that. Yeah, yeah. It's I would say it's a set. It's like a combination of everything. For example, in this case uh, that you mentioned, uh, uh, is government watching me? So at some point we realized that uh, users who have some fears. Uh, they are our ideal customers because we are willing to buy our products because we are afraid of like someone watching them, tracking them. Uh, so all those phrases where someone is tracking or watching you, uh, uh, we realized that those are good ones. Uh, so yeah, so we covered like, uh, if uh, internet provider is tracking you, if your government is tracking you, if your employer is tracking you, and all of these, like uh, where we found uh, that it has at least some search volume, we covered these uh, because we realized. But yeah, it took some time until we find out that fear works well. Like uh, we did some customer research. Uh, we have like a separate. Uh, a team for CRO and uh, user research. Uh, they are analyzing and doing some user interviews and so on. So they are like sharing these insights and applying those to SEO as well. That's very interesting. It's the first time I hear something like that. Fear uh, works well. I don't know if people who are searching for uh, like a VPN solution maybe are also searching for things like is my boyfriend uh, tracking me or watching me? Or is my girlfriend? I don't know. Uh, I don't know if they do, but that would be interesting to to see as well. Yeah, like I haven't noticed those. Uh, like at least not VPN pages are ranking for these phrases and uh, we don't have a product that could uh, cover. Like we don't have a solution to avoid like your boyfriend or girlfriend tracking that. So not focusing on that at the moment, but uh, it might be a good business case. Who knows? Maybe yeah. in the future there there are dedicated uh, pages like uh, boyfriend boyfriend tracking software. Who knows? Uh, let's let's see if there is a use case in the future for that. So okay, uh, that makes sense. So it's basically deep knowledge of the target audience and um, identifying use cases through a like um, a series of techniques, uh, CRO included. Um, I guess I assume also competitive analysis and so on and so forth. Now, all, all these things, um, kind of a common theme across all these things that we are discussing so far is data, right? And um, I know that you are heavily um, invested and you are also uh, heavily investing in data uh, analysis for SEO purposes. First, I would like to hear, you know, what does that entail? How do you do that? And second, how does this data affect your decisions regarding SEO? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, 
That's a broad question. Like uh, to answer it shortly, like we use it everywhere uh, to make all our decisions. Um, but yeah, to uh, to comment more in detail. So yeah, first thing is that we track our performance uh, based on data. So uh, even before like uh, starting to work on something, we analyze data. For example, we are working in quarters. So we uh, decide that we will take uh, uh, I don't know, 50 pages. That will be our focus pages for this for this quarter. Uh, before deciding like which pages to take, uh, we analyze those pages like uh, deeply. Uh, so from uh, from offsite and link building side, we analyze like, What's the competition? How many backlinks do competitors have? Uh, how many of these backlinks are do follow, no follow? Uh, how many of them is like DR twenty plus? Uh, how many internal links those like competitor pages has? Uh, to very deeply understand like uh, what's the competition and how many links we need in specific uh, uh, for the specific phrase or specific page to rank. So that's one thing. The other thing we track, like how many billings that page generated before uh, with, with particular rankings and positions. So what's the potential? Let's say if we will take like top three position, how many billings we could get? Like we're trying to forecast each page and make sure it will pay off, like the investment to that page will pay off. So that's for planning our, like, I would say quarter and planning our uh, work. So yeah, from the content uh, perspective, we are always analyzing uh, the sum of secondary keywords, how many of these we should include. And uh, then we are updating like already existing content. We review if uh, the pages, uh, if the keywords that were that we ranked before, like we check uh, Google Search Console, what were like the uh, keywords that ranked previously, and if we still include those keywords uh, in our like uh, updated copy. If we don't lose anything, uh, we like measure, combine the, uh, the keywords from uh, like the old copy, new copy, and uh, match if it works. Once we like publish uh, a new content or update it, we track the rankings like weekly, how it is changing. And um, it very helps for our like team to keep them motivated if they see that uh, like after content update, the rankings are increasing. Or if they are decreasing, we are like uh, analyzing what's wrong with that page, uh, what we did. So yeah, so basically it's all in our process. Uh, it's very hard to answer it shortly, but yeah, uh, I think it's very, it helps very well. And we have like, for example, we have a target to, for the content team, um, to, uh, it sounds like that, like 70% of our content, updated content should reach their position target. So basically we have a position target for each of the page we are planning to update. And uh, that is like evaluated based on the competition. And uh, once we make an update, we are tracking if we that uh, position target. And it keeps 
like it's very help it helps a lot to keep like the team uh motivated keep them on track uh understand if we are doing it well or not and so on couple of things you mentioned the sum of secondary keywords could you please elaborate on that because i would like to know more about that so yeah so basically um uh for each of the page we have like the primary focus keyword we want to rank for usually the one with the biggest search volume and we have a set of uh related keywords that could rank with the same page as well so we call them secondary keywords or you can call them complementary keywords like uh so yeah usually when you check like the primary keyword only uh, it seems like the page is not that big it doesn't have that much potential and so on but when you like review the whole set of like primary plus secondary of those complementary keywords uh sometimes you find out that the page has uh, a much bigger potential than you thought like from the initial look at primary keyword but is this just for published pages or is it for like we want to target this keyword and we see for net like net new pages and new target keywords i'm just trying to understand the use case here like secondary keywords for published pages or secondary keywords for new target keywords that you have and you somehow by kind of making gap analysis between you and your competitors you or you kind of pull data from ahs for example into a seat and you see that all these secondary keywords um have a, a sum of global volume of you know x which one of the two or both of them it's kind of a mix of both of them so yeah we usually analyze when we are uh, selecting those keywords we have to make sure that we uh, can rank for those keywords so that the intent is the same and uh, like uh, it's basically the meaning is the same it's just rephrased differently uh, so yeah when we create our content briefs for writers we include all of them and make sure that we use at least some of those keywords and we later on track rankings for all of these secondary keywords and yeah at the same moment we uh combine like the search volume of all of these keywords uh, so we could see like the potential volume and potential traffic for that particular page okay. let's say that we rank in top three for like 70 percent of like the keywords the page has including primary and secondary and we calculate like the potential of the page based on that. That makes sense. Uh, I guess my question here is the second point um, that I wanted to make based on your answer. Are there any factors that you that are not so easy to measure? I mean, yes, you can check the links, you can check the internal links, you can check the keywords and like target keywords, secondary keywords, volumes, whatever, right? But what about brand? Because especially in your category, with some very prominent players, um, you know, VPN uh, solutions, I'm assuming that even if you have a higher position in some cases, you may lose the click, and this can work uh, in like the um, opposite direction as well. Someone else may lose the click uh, against you because of the fact that they have a bigger brand, right? And people are aware of them because they have seen their ads, because they interacted with them with them in, in some way. Is that something that 
companies can measure or like the, the, the effectiveness and the impact that brand can have on organic search? Um, is that something that brands can um, can measure? And do you factor that in somehow in your in your like strategy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very good question. Yeah, definitely it impacts SEO, um, and uh, we notice that. Uh, so yeah, when you have like a bigger brand, it's easier to rank for like very competitive keywords for example in our industry like the most competitive and the biggest keyword is like vpn itself and we noticed that big brands uh, are ranking for that keyword and when we just started we had no chance to rank for it so really uh, uh, when it comes to like very generic phrases i believe google takes into account like the uh, authoritativeness of a brand uh, and then uh deciding like who should rank. Uh, the second thing, yeah, uh, we get a lot of branded uh, traffic uh, and some of our pages have a mix of branded and non-branded. Uh, for example, like uh, Surfshark download and VPN download, it all goes to the same download page, yeah? Uh, so we have a combination of uh, brand and non-brand uh, traffic to that page. And we see that that page brings uh, revenue, it converts, but it's very hard to say like which part of the traffic that came converted because of the brand, because it came with like the branded intent, and which part converted uh, from the non-brand side. So that's uh, a very big challenge. Uh, to define like uh, brand, non-brand on our side. Like we did some exercises to solve it. Like uh, we take uh, mm, the whole traffic from Google Search Console and uh, calculate the percentage of branded queries and non-branded queries for a particular page. And uh, based on that percentage, we can see like, uh, let's say we got like, 30% 30% branded and 70% non-branded. Uh, and we calculate a different conversion rate for branded uh, traffic and for non-branded. So let's say we take uh, like a lower conversion rate for non-branded. And based on that, we try to calculate like what's the ratio uh, and what's the actual value of that page from the non-branded side. Uh, so yeah, but it's very like... Uh, not precise tracking uh, because yeah, we just use it based on our like estimate and our like conversion rate. We just uh, came up from the PPC and so on, but it's not precise. Brand takes uh, a big uh, part uh, in this industry, like uh, big brands are ranking very well. And uh, we also tracking like uh, Google's uh, index like how search volume for each brand is like uh increasing or decreasing so we noticed that uh it correlates like when you have like brand search volume going up your rankings usually goes up as well i agree um and even though it's correlation and it doesn't prove causation i think that one thing that we will see more and more in the future when it comes to SEO is the impact that brand 
brand can have in driving rankings, in getting more visibility, as an extension, more clicks, driving more revenue, and so on and so forth. Um, one thing I would like to discuss is uh, international SEO, which I find to be one of the most under-leveraged strategies from um, SaaS companies, just because it's obvious that there are some very prominent and strong markets like the US, for example, which is a primarily English-speaking um, market in terms of how search is, is done. But there are so many other uh, countries and as an extension languages that you can go after. And what happens is that in many cases, these are also way less competitive, right? So I would like to hear your thoughts on that and anything you can share with us regarding international SEO, how you started, what were the obstacles, what were some wins you had, some learnings along the way. Um, it would be really great because I really feel that people need more information around that topic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, as I mentioned in the beginning, we started with uh, English content first. So probably majority of a company starts from uh, English content. And I think uh, uh, one of the mistakes we made is uh, we had to start with uh, localized content earlier. Because as you mentioned, like the competition is uh, way lower. So it's easier to reach some results. But it requires some resources and processes set in place to reach those. So yeah, so what we did uh, on our side, we put our team in a way in some like small squads that are working on particular locales. Um, so yeah, so for example, one SEO specialist is dedicated for Germany and uh, let's say Spain, and we uh, find uh, few freelancers that will help them with uh, brief creation. So basically they analyze, like the SEO specialist analyze everything by himself, but just consults with like the native SEO specialist in terms of creating a brief and later on uh, reviewing the content once it's uh, written. So just to add his like thoughts, uh, edit the headlines or leave any kind of feedback. So yeah, we found that it helps. A question here is: Are there any opportunities that are like country slash language specific? I mean, you mentioned Germany and Spain. Um, is that is there a, a case where you will not be based on a page that you already have on the website, but there is an opportunity that we, you know, have uncovered and it's specific to Germany? And you, like, we will create a page for that. Or is it just, no, we are based on our English website, and the, the English version, version, and, you know, this is our base for, for everything else. Yeah, yeah, very good question. Um, so, yeah, talking about like the general languages we have on our website. Uh, so it's a combination of uh, like... Uh, it's a joint decision from like the whole company, different marketing teams, and where we see the potential as a market. So once we have it as a language, uh, we as an SEO team have a freedom to decide which kind of pages uh, we should uh, translate, localize, and so on. 
So as I mentioned, we rely a lot of data. So when it comes to localization, we also uh, check if there is any demand for that keyword, for that page to be translated at all. Because in some cases, especially in some smaller markets, there are like no search volumes for some specific pages, so we are not translating them because it doesn't make sense from resources side. Mm, yeah, that's one thing. Uh, what's interesting and what comes uh, uh, very challenging when we have like different search intent in different markets. Uh, for example, uh, phrase uh, Wi-Fi VPN, like in English speaking markets, uh, usually uh, the intent is the stay secure on public Wi-Fi, like the use case you mentioned in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, but when we analyzed, uh, I think it was in Poland market, in Polish, uh, we just review like the intent and we see that the intent is to set up uh, VPN on your like home router. So you could have like a secure Wi-Fi at home. So the content is completely different. And uh, the page, like we can't translate the same page and just leave it like that. Uh, we have to have like completely different layout and so on. So it it's quite a challenging in those cases. Because yeah, you have to think of the ways to restructure your site because when you like switch to a language and you came to a completely different layout, it looks weird. Uh, so yeah, in those situations, uh, it's quite challenging, but at the same time, it's very interesting and it's very important to like uh, have a dedicated person to review the locale, to check if like the intent matches and um, if there's anything you need to change or customize in specific market. And usually there are some things to change uh, in order to rank. Are you using tools like Surfer for content briefing for specific locations? Uh, yeah, we are using Surfer. Uh, it helps even with specific locations. And uh, and yeah, as I mentioned uh, before, like uh, freelance SEO specialists helps us a lot when it comes to like mm, doing SEO in different languages. What about uh, technical, the technical aspect of things when it comes to international SEO, like anything mm -hmm. from hreflang, canonicals, you know, like schema, uh, anything you can say regarding that? Um, I don't know if there is like anything specific, like you have to fix those things. So you have to make sure your HF lengths are like correct. Uh, you have canonical tags in place. Uh, but I'm not sure if there are like anything specific. What I would like to add is from the link building side. So we are doing link building on those like specific locales as well. And uh, trying to get local links to those local pages uh, from local sites. And what we found that works very nicely is that uh, having uh, localized outreach templates uh, improves our like reply rates a lot. Uh, so yeah, that's a tip. Uh, I would Can like I give to an example. I mean, uh, is, is that just kind of good translation, or have someone native write craft the pitch, or is it something? that goes beyond that, um, when you say like localization, localize the pitches. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, so basically we don't have any like outreachers that would be native speakers. So it means that we uh, just have to have like uh, 20, 30 versions of like where replies we might need. Uh, and uh, usually it's enough, like you can translate like your response and just use one of the templates you have. Like uh, we used uh, the localization agency we used for translating our website content. Like we use the same agency to localize the templates. Uh, so yeah, so we are translating, uh, editing them and so on. And we have all of these like 25 templates for each of the language. And uh, it helps a lot. Like uh, it improves reply rate significantly. Okay. My second to last question would be regarding talent, uh, finding talent, retaining talent and getting all these people under one roof to work together as a team and, you know, be aligned as to the goals that you set for them. Um, what are your learnings so far from finding talent, returning talent and building teams and keep these teams work close together to achieve your goals? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, we have a mixed team, like part of our team is working in-house and part of them are working remotely. Uh, so it's very important to keep everyone in the loop uh, and keep them engaged. Um, also, it's very important to uh, think about their uh, self-development, uh, uh, about the things they could learn. Like uh, we have like different parts of the team, like some of the team is working on link building, some part of it is working on content. So sometimes we just do trainings for each other to uh, to learn new things, to keep them engaged. Uh, and yeah, I think uh, it helps a lot to retain the team uh, as long as we feel that they are learning and improving and growing. Uh, it keeps them motivated. Does every team member have metrics like KPIs? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have like a OKR system where like each of the team member has their individual uh, KPIs to work on. And yeah, I mentioned some of them. Some of them are like reach target position for specific uh, keywords. Some of them are like uh, build uh, X amount of links or uh, improve the page speed and so on. Okay. Uh, that was all very insightful, uh, I must say. Laura, last question I have for you. Where can people find out more about you and reach out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the best place is LinkedIn. So yeah, you can find it with my name and surname, Laura Paskovskaitje. Uh, so yeah, probably you can find it in the description. Yeah, we will drop it in the solos. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's perfect. Just drop me a message on LinkedIn and I'll be happy. That's great. Laura, thank you very much for doing this, knowing how busy you are. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to a follow-up discussion, you know, a second round sometime in the future. Thank you very much. That would be interesting. Thank you so much. Thank you for staying with us until the end. Before you go, I'd like to give a quick shout out to the sponsor for this episode, Ahrefs. 
Ahrefs provides you with an all-in-one SEO toolset that does everything from rank tracking to backlink analysis, keyword research, and technical audits. The best part, you can now use Ahrefs Webmaster Tools for free to identify and prioritize optimization opportunities for your website, see all the keywords that your web pages are ranking for, take a close look at the websites that link back to and refer you in their content, and analyze other websites to find out what drives their rankings. Visit ahrefs.com/awt and sign up for free. Another episode of the SaaS SEO show has wrapped. We hope this episode has taught you something new too. We'd like you to connect with us so you can keep up with all the new content that we're creating. Before you go, it would mean the world to us if you could subscribe to this podcast and over at our YouTube channel where we upload the video version of this and every episode. Until next time.